Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning and welcome to Zero of the Day. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And it is our goal, our responsibility, our our our, our intention every week that we do this show. Every week. It is our intention to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, being, and impacting the world around you. And yeah, I think, you know, clarify a little bit. But when I say being, I'm not trying to say imitate the world. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I get to that, you know, I guess I have to explain and put more clarity on that. <laughs> anyway, but that's what we're here for to do. We want you to change your world, to impact your world. Every day, every week, that's what we do. That's why we are here on the radio, uh, Blog Talk Radio, and we're excited about that. And as always, you're always welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. There's several ways you can do it. The main way is by calling the number uh, 347-237-5230. That's the number to call. If you want to get your thoughts, commentary, uh, get a dialogue or a monologue (laughs) on the air live, the chat room is open, so you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash zero today and get into the chat room. Um, there's other ways you can do us follow us on our Facebook page, the Zero Network on Facebook. Uh, we have uh, a Twitter page, and you can follow us, the radio show, on Twitter at Zero Radio. And you can follow me personally at Prophesy on Twitter. Also, hit us up on my personal um my um website, LorenzoTNeal.com. And what else? 
email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. So those are ways you can get in touch with us. I, if I left them out, man, I tell you, I, I forget every now and then. <laughs> but always check us out. Go to the page, listen to archived shows, catch up, uh, send us ideas for the show, suggestions for the show that you think uh, we should discuss. Uh, send us latest uh, stories, updates, any information that you can. We welcome you to engage us so we can engage you. Uh, we have a lot of stuff lined up for the show this morning. Well, I, I, there's a lot to talk about. Let's just say that. There's a lot to talk about. But the question where we posed uh, primarily is, why is the black church being mocked? Are, are clergy like myself, are we responsible for it? Do we do stuff that makes the black church be mocked? Particularly, we're going to be discussing uh, how one church one pastor and one church sent a letter of delinquency uh, <laughs> in support uh, to a young member, one of his, one of his members. And also, I want to get back. Uh, I want to backtrack to some comments that uh, uh, Prophet Brian Carn made regarding uh, the shooting in Emmanuel Amy Church in South Carolina. And um, at first, I wasn't going to deal with it. Uh, but uh, he just recently buckled down on uh, his comments regarding discernment uh, that there should have been discernment. We'll talk about that, and I uh, I have an interesting and um, I, I respect uh, the young man, but I'm not going to jump into that too early. I'm trying to get comfortable. For some reason, my hair in my uh, in the office is <laughs> it's kind of weird right now, so I'm kind of I'm. I'm in an awkward position right now, and so y'all just bear bear with me as we go through this show, all right? Y'all can do that for me? Appreciate it. Appreciate it very much, very much. Now, before we go any further into the show, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Thank you for your love and kindness. Thank you for another day in this month of July that we are able to see. Now, Lord... Lead us in the way we should go. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. That is our prayer in your name we pray. Amen. So um, I've got a lot of stories. that uh, This has been a big week regarding news, and I wish I could get all of it in, um, but I can't get all of it in. Uh, I'm just going to try to get as much as I can. First, uh I just recently learned um, that uh, gospel singer Marvin Sapp, Pastor Marvin Sapp, is now Bishop Marvin Sapp, having been um, consecrated a bishop through um, Bishop Neil Ellis's new fellowship. And he is, I think he will be the, <coughs> excuse me, over the Midwest jurisdiction or whatever it is. So I say congratulations to him. And I've got a lot of emails. Well, not necessarily emails. I've got a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of conversations about this because there seems to be some kind of trend that's going on where, well, it's been going on for at least 40 years, but it's become a little bit more prominent in the last decade or so. I'd say in the last, uh, the last, uh, since uh, the late 90s and the early 2000s, it's been more of a trend where gospel music artists uh, are 
starting their own churches or supplying and you know, becoming pastors is basically it. Uh, we just re- recently saw this with a uh, gospel artist, Mary Mary, uh, uh, Tina Evans, I think that's her name. I, if I got it wrong, I'm sorry, but you know she's the duo, part of the duo Mary Mary. Her husband started the church, and I think it's called California Church or something like that. But they were recently on this new talk show with Boris Cujo, and I uh, think I can't think of the name of the that uh, the the television show. I don't even know which what station it come what network it comes on. I got this from um um the old black church uh website so you can go to the web the old black church website and you can catch the story both of these stories with Marvin Sapp and uh um the uh Tina whatever her last name is I can't think of it but anyway so um there there seems to be this trend that has come to more prominence over the uh, the last decade or last two decades maybe where they these gospel artists are transitioning from a music ministry to a pastoral ministry and the question is being why are they doing it is it for money of course it's for money you know uh, while they may be mega stars in the gospel music industry they may not be making mega bucks but they can certainly turn that mega uh, music ministry into a mega buck you know, because they are guaranteed now they are guaranteed congregants. They will be guaranteed a following, an automatic following because their fans are going to join the church just to say that they go to such and such church. I remember when uh I uh, you know, when Al Green started his church, a lot of folk flocked to the church, um and they left eventually because when they realized that he was really serious, you know, really, really, really serious and he wasn't doing secular work. He was strictly, you know, gospel. A lot of people left the church and still going strong in Memphis. And he has, you know, every now and then, now and then he's collaborated in some secular songs. Um, but he has not refocused his uh, career. We saw it with Mace, uh, the rapper. When um, he became a pastor, you know, he, he had a semi-mega church in the Atlanta area, metro area. And he was doing very well. He taught... Uh, he taught along the prosperity gospel lines, but when his church ministry was waning, he went back to his secular, <laughs> you know, his rapping. And I don't know how well his career is doing. I know he was what he was. Uh, he recently performed on one of these uh, awards show. I can't remember which one, but anyway, um, you know, as long as he was a pastor, he seemed to do be doing very well. Uh, and so this trend has been been happening, uh, and now, and, and it's not like you didn't see it coming. Those of you, who, you know, Marvin Sapp started the, he, yeah, he started his, his church after his wife passed. He got a lot more notoriety, not just as a singer, but he got a lot more mainstream. And mainstream is the ticket. Yeah, he got the ticket, and now he's a bishop for. Uh, the auxiliary, uh, the the uh, fellowship that was started by Bishop Neil Ellis, and you know, if you don't know that story, you know, two years ago, when Paul Morton announced that he would be retiring, 
as the presiding prelate of the Full Gospel Baptist Fellowship. His second in command was Neil Ellis, but he skipped over Neil Ellis and chose um, the uh, what's the guy's name out of Nashville, who is now the presiding presiding prelate. I can't Joseph Walker. He chose Joseph Walker to be the bishop, and of course Neil Ellis left. And when he left, he started his own thing, and you know he has his own thing going now. And um, and now Bishop Marvin Sapp is one of the uh, jurisdictional bishops in that organization. Uh, so wish him well. But again, you know, this seems to be uh, a trend. And there's other, there's so many other people who's like, you know, the title of bishop now loses its authority with so many people claiming it. And I, I have to agree, you know, because again, in our in our Reformation, the African Methodist Episcopal Church, and you know, in Methodism and Episcopalian and Catholic traditions, bishops are administrative. Uh, well, except in the Catholic and, and Episcopal, they they do serve as deans. They can serve as uh, church, you know, pastors. Well, not really. Anyway, well, anyway, I, let me get off that. But uh, you know, at least in the AME Church. <laughs> <laughs> in in our Methodist uh, communion, most bishops are strictly administrative. They are the chief pastors, but these bishops get to keep their churches and and function in somewhat of a semi semi episcopal role. Um, but they get all the but the titular uh, the uh, the title bishop has been. So watered down now, and then everybody can start the church and make themselves a bishop or something. But anyway, I've, I've gone over too long. <laughs> I've gone over. I've taken too long on that. But we extend uh, congratulations to him and the others who were were uh, consecrated. I think it was five others, four or five others who were consecrated uh, alongside him. Um, there are a couple of other news that I want to get to. Um, but this one is really interesting. Uh, Baylor University. Baylor University is – I'm just dropping stuff left and right. Man, this is so unprofessional. <laughs> uh, Baylor University just uh, lifted its ban on uh, homosexual acts. According to Black Christian News today, um, Baylor University, which is the oldest – private Christian university in the state of Texas and it is uh I think it's supported largely by the Baptists. I think it is a Baptist university. But um it lifted its ban on same sex acts, which um also um along with that other acts that it it was calling um immoral and I guess they followed suit with the law now and have have stated that um the, it did not reflect their caring community now i i won't say it it it, it shouldn't have been lifted but I, I will i what i would say is this um i think having a ban per se because i'm sure students were doing it 
the only reason some you know Baylor had a strict policy when it came to sexual relations and immorality uh you know there was a uh recently a story about one of his athletes who was suspended because uh caught with sexual relations with his girlfriend and and that you know that's a that's a major issue for for them they had high standards you're talking about a school that didn't lift the ban on dancing <laughs> until like the mid 90s if i remember correctly so you know they were strict. They like Bob Jones University. You know Bob Jones is a Christian university uh, in the Carolinas, and it you know it just not you know not too long ago lifted its ban on interracial dating. You know relationships. <laughs> so you know and that's this school has Bob Jones University was long considered racist, but they still had blacks contending. You know it was one of those anyway. So I, I want to know what you think about that. Well, you know, should they have lifted the ban um, on sexual homosexual acts? And you can go to bcn dot com um, and find out more. Find out more about uh, this particular thing. Why is it interesting? Because you're talking about a private Christian university that has now has a policy in place allowing for homo. I mean, same-sex relations. That says a lot. And if it can happen at that, uh, in that type of university setting, you know, what's to say it won't be soon before some of these churches begin to adopt that. Uh, and, you know, that's neither here nor there, and there's a lot of inference in there. So I'm just, you know, I'm not... I'm not one forecasting gloom and doom as some have been doing. I tell you, I've, I've spent the last... <laughs> and I don't know why I wasted my time doing this, but the last two weeks or so, particularly listening and watching videos about the wrath of God that is now going to be coming on this United States of America because of the Supreme Court decision. That one decision, <laughs> that one decision has now led to God's wrath and the end of the world and all that other kind of stuff. And I've been listening to some of these some preachers and it's it's been um it's been crazy but that's that's the way it's been you know and and i i've never been the the um the kind of preacher that raises hell just to raise hell but um it's 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 rather dampening on my spirit to hear some of the things that are being spewed out of the mouth of some of these persons who call themselves Christians, because it's not only disgusting, it's hateful, and they want to justify their hate, and and I don't understand it. That's that's just me. I don't understand it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can help me understand it. <laughs> you know, should I be among named among those who are just so angry that now? Anything goes except for, you know, everybody's wrong except for me. Should I be one of those kind? I'm, you know, I'm not, but hey, it is what it is. Um, so let me take this break before I get to rambling and and really not get into anything else. So I'm going to take a break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to get into um, the two topics that we're, the, the topic of the day. You know, is the black, is the black preacher really responsible for the way the black church is being mocked. I'd really want to know. 
I'm a black preacher. <laughs> and I believe it's directly affecting me. So going to take this break, and when we come back from the break, that's what we're going to be talking about. In addition to uh, uh, a statement by uh, Prophet Brian Karn. And, you know, talk, yeah, we'll get to that. So we'll be back right after this. We make you smarter about insurance because what you don't know can hurt you. What if you didn't know that posting your travel plans online may attract burglars? Off to Hawaii. What if you didn't know that as the price of gold rises, so should the coverage on your jewelry? Ah. What if you didn't know that kitty litter can help you out of a slippery situation? The more you know, the better you can plan for what's ahead. Talk to farmers and get smarter about your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, da, da, bum, 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 bum. With the Name Your Price tool, you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's Flobot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, Flobot. Great job. Oops. Uh-oh, Flobot is broken. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. Call or click today. Friends, there's nothing as soothing as having a sweet aroma penetrate all of your senses. Peacock, the newest candle fragrance by Heatcentric, is that aroma. Peacock is a vegan hand-poured candle that fills the room with a soothing aroma that everyone is guaranteed to enjoy. Peacock by Heatcentric is the fragrance developed by Lady Jocelyn Sanders that's designed to reflect the glory in everyday life. I guarantee you are not disappointed when you order your candle today from Heatcentric. I have one at home and in my office, and I tell you, it's so good. It helps me relax at home, and it helps me concentrate and stay on task in the office. You need to order yours today by visiting LadySanders.com, and while they also pick up a copy of her book, The Encounter, I'm telling you, you will love both. Peacock by Heatcentric, reflecting the glory in everyday life. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal.
All right, welcome back to Zero Today. Uh, I said today. <laughs> Zero Today with your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. And I'm glad to be here this Wednesday morning. It is hot, man. It's hot outside. I hope y'all are staying cool. It is very hot down here in Jackson, Mississippi. Before I go further, I want to extend commendations and uh, congratulations to the Youth and Young People's Department of the 8th Episcopal District here in, of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. They are in Indianapolis, Indiana, celebrating the 100th uh, year of the uh, w, Women's Missionary Society and the um, Young People Division. I think I got it right, 100, the centennial or something like that. I, I may be wrong, but <laughs> they're, they're celebrating what we call quadrennial, and they're up there, and they are taking it over. And our our we our group of uh, young people from here, Louisiana, Mississippi, were there, and they they won first place in the Know Your Church Challenge. Uh, one of our own, uh, Mr. Ritney Castine Lewis, I mean Lewis Castine Castine Ritney <laughs> Lewis Castine. <laughs> I'm sorry I messed that name up. I don't know how I did it. Anyway, he was awarded the uh, Humanitarian Award, and we celebrated several graduates uh, from the Episcopal District. So uh, I know our bishop, uh, uh, Bishop Julius McAllister Sr., who is also the president of the Council of Bishops for the AME Church, is very, very proud of his young people. And I'm excited because one of our own uh, here at New Bethel is up there, and she was part of the debate team and part of the Know Your Church team. So I just want to say congratulations to them for a job well done, and I'm excited. And um, we're celebrating uh, the African Methodist Episcopal Church is celebrating, celebrating, celebrating. Next year, if you're in the, if you're in the Philadelphia area, we invite you to come out to our 50th quadrennial uh session of the General Conference of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. We'll be celebrating 200 years as an incorporated body. We were founded in 1787 and uh, incorporated, legally incorporated in 1816, and we'll be celebrating that in the founding city, the mother city of African Methodism, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, alongside Mother, the church Mother Bethel there, which Richard Allen himself built. Not this, not that building, but you know he built. <laughs> so we're excited about that. Um, so uh, that's your invitation to come and join us as we get ready to celebrate 200 years of the work that is all divine. All right, so that's my little plug there. Um, now let me get back into this headline. Let me get back to uh, the question I posed before we went to break. And the question is: Is the black church being mocked because of the black preacher? Um, and I pose this question uh, for two reasons, two particular things that have happened this week um, that has kind of uh, ruffled my feathers and really, really uh, caused a, a sense of craziness uh, in the in social media on social media. First. And I'm sure you probably those of you who have listened probably if you got Facebook you've probably seen this letter a 
a Baptist church in Melbourne, Florida. I mean, not in uh, not in Melbourne, Florida. Uh, a Baptist church in Florida sent a delinquency support letter to one of its members, and the letter. I need to pull it up. I, I have a copy, and I'm struggling to to try to get this stuff together and um, get the lock, get the copy, uh, get the picture up. Um, the letter states that this person is a valued member of said church and that because uh, this person is a valued member of said church, the church body is disappointed when such a valued member does not fully support said church. And it goes on to say that they're delinquent in their support of the church. Every member is assessed so much, and they list how much it is assessed. Uh, every member is assessed, even the children, young people are assessed, uh, ranging from $50 a month to uh, $5 a month, somewhere in that range. Um, but anyway, and the, the letter goes on to further state that if they wish to maintain to be a member in good standing, with the church, not only must they attend the church regularly, but they must support the church with their giving. Now, uh, there have been a lot of people who are on both sides of this issue, and and let me put it to this in this perspective. I have no problem, absolutely no problem, with churches uh, with churches sending out letters informing members of. You know certain issues. I don't have a problem uh, with a where with, with a church says, "Look, you haven't been attending, and uh, let's say just ninety days max. You have not been attending the church in ninety days. We would like to know: Are you still? Do you still desire to be a member in regular standing, good and regular standing with the church, or have you uh, moved your membership, or you know anything like that? I think that's just appropriate. I, I really do. Um, and, and and we do that. We practice that. You know, if you you know if you haven't come in so long, we do our best through our class leader system to try to reach out to you and try to see where you are as you know as a member. Of course, we know about those who are the quote unquote sick and shut in, <laughs> but these are not you know these are not persons who are sick and shut in. These are persons who just for whatever reason uh, are not regular in their attendance. You know, how do you track attendance? You know, there's several ways to do that. You know, in a small church like mine, you know, we have just under 200 people. It's very easy <laughs> to track attendance. Uh, you know, we have a ledger that we have that someone records. They literally go through the congregation and count to see how many people are there. And, you know, that's just something they've been doing. It's not something I've implemented. It's something they've been doing for I don't know how long, but <laughs> it's been a long time. Um and when you have a small congregation like mine, it's very easy to notice who is there and who is not there. And it's very easy to know when um, giving is low. Now, having said that, um, cannot find I, – I, I, I can't fault the church for wanting to 
to see if this member is, you know, is is still interested in being a member. However, to 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 say that they are delinquent, and I think that is the problem I have. Um, you can never, you should never, you know, say a person is delinquent. Now they they this church listed, and you can go to um, again the site I, I listed up. Uh, old black church you could go to pimp preacher uh black uh, black church revolution uh and you can find this, these stories and plus you know if you got friends they probably have already forwarded the letter now the, the recipient of the letter was a young uh young lady who is in uh college age i believe somewhere in there maybe college student i, I don't know directly but um to say that this person is delinquent in their support is troubling to me. Now, I'm a part of a church system that has assessments. Uh, we function as a connectional church off assessments. Every local church has an assessment to support the connectional church. And most of those local churches also assess members to support the local church. For example, if they have annual days, like in my church, we have uh, three annual days that we do. That's Men's Day, Women's Day, and Family and Friends Day. And for each one of those programs, you know, we we um, it's part, it's been included in the budget. You know, we we say how much we need to raise. Uh, part of that is to cover our assessments for our connectional church. That's what part of it is for. The other part is to ensure that we have things in our we have funds in our treasury to meet the needs of the local church outside of the regular monthly obligations. So if we have a special project like we just did when we painted our entire exterior, the entire exterior of the building, well, one of the means of raising the funds was using our uh, annual day, our family and friends day, and we made sure that people understood, you know, yes, we are asking this assessment and, you know, we're asking if each member could do such and such amount. If we get that amount, then, you know, we will have the funds to cover the expense of painting the church. And we did. We 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 got what we asked for and we carried out what we did, you know, the project and people were pleased. Um, so that's how it functions for a connectional church. Now, this is an autonomous Baptist church, and I, I think this is where most people um, are really upset because, again, you have a church that's locally administered, okay? They have no connection or payout, so all the money that they get stays there and largely, possibly largely is supporting the pastor, and his family and whatever it may be, as well as, you know, the whatever many, whatever outreach ministries they may have. But when you say, when you send out a letter, when you send out a letter saying that you're delinquent in your support, you have to ask, well, was that part of the covenant that they understood when they joined the church? Is that part of a, you know, do they contract with the church to say, yes, we will do this, 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 this? Or is it just a understanding that once you become a part of this church, 
you are then in God, uh, you know, you are then um, putting yourself in covenant to carry this out, whether you want to or not. And if you do not, then we will, you know, you know, we'll just write you off because that's how the letter comes across. You know, and, and I'm not the reason I'm not jumping on the pastor. I'm not jumping on the pastor because I don't know if this was a policy that the pastor admitted, you know, initiated or if it was something that was going on. Because, again, a lot of the black churches function on a similar system. When I was growing up, every time we had programs, you know, they were asked, they were assessing. Each member was asked to pay so much, you know. That was an assessment. But I never recall, <laughs> never recall ever getting, you know, noticed to those who didn't pay. I, I, you know, and even in my church now, you know, they if they are able to support and and, and help us with you know the assessments that we ask for these local, you know, for the annual days, then fine. If not, I don't write them a letter saying you did not pay your obligation for Men's Day or Women's Day, and therefore you're not able to participate. That, that's ridiculous. That's outright ridiculous. But then, again, and, and then again, again, I'm coming from a, the perspective of a connectional church. My church is connectional. You, you know, we understand that. We already understand that when we join the African Methodist Episcopal Church, we are not joining just that local church. We are joining the connection, which means that every money, every penny that we raise, is going to be accounted for in one way, one way or another. <laughs> but when you get the, you know, for the church to send out this letter, they're not taking. I, I, I don't believe they take in consideration. Uh, for one, I don't think they have a church budget. Now I say that because if they do have a church budget, then they're 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 basing it on something other than, you know, recurring gifts. They're basing it on what they believe that member should be tithing. And you have, let's say they have 500 members. Now, if they had 500 members and each member was uh, asked to support $50 a month, you do the math, it gets pretty pretty uh pretty good up in range um matter of fact let's do the math let's really do the math if if you got five hundred members and you do fifty dollars a month that's roughly twenty five thousand each um a a year that each member is paying or not not each member is paying five twenty five thousand uh, a year that's expected income. Uh, did I do that right? Y'all know I ain't good at math. <laughs> but uh, well, let's try this. Anyway, that's that's quite a bit. Um, or basically, what if they did fifty dollars a week? If that's fifty dollars a week at fifty-two weeks out of a year, that's twenty-six hundred dollars a year. So twenty-six and twenty-six hundred dollars. At 500 members. All right, so that's a 1.3 million dollar budget for a year. 
as if they have 500 members, okay? Now, that's if each member. Now, that don't include tithes. That's what the letter says. Is That's what they assess. Now, each member is asked to support $50 monthly minimum. So if they give more than that, if they give their tithes, <laughs> to give offerings, if they have special days, you know, that's a little bit more coming in. And <laughs> And for them to have that much coming in, or to assume that they have a, that much coming in, and not, uh, and, and 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 get on this this lady for that is crazy. That's just me. Churches, churches are business. And why is this mockery to the church? Why is it making mockery to the black church? Because again, it makes the black pastor look like a pimp. That's what it does. It makes him look like him or her look like a pimp. Make them look like, hey, one of my members just walked in there. Hey there. <laughs> I'm having fun, as y'all can see. Oh, you can't see, but you can hear. But it makes the pastor look greedy. It makes the pastor look like, a, like they are all about Monday money and not concerned about uh, the members themselves. Because the question goes back, if you're going to send a letter saying that you're delinquent and giving and not send a letter saying we miss you at church. What can we do to help you come back? Or are you in need? Contact such and such person. You know, it goes back to a system. When I was a kid, we had fellowship friends in my Baptist church that I grew up in. Every person who joined the church, every person, boy, girl, man, woman, every person was assigned a fellowship friend. And the fellowship friend, that the responsibility of that fellowship friend was, one, to help that person get to know the church. You know, they would be the ones in Sunday school with them. They were going to be the ones, you know, that the fellowship friend was going to call and check on them to make sure that they would come to church. Then, as they graduated from the fellowship friend, they get they came into, you know, one of the ministries and, uh, you know, the youth group, whatever it may be, you know, and the vision and that. And, and that helped along with the Sunday school. The Sunday school was a big part of that, you know, that helped them stay grounded in the church. In the African Methodist Episcopal system, we have the class system, which is similar, you know, and the class leader is responsible for checking on the members and then reporting that back to the pastor. So much so, so much so that when something happens to a member, the pastor is informed by way of the class leader. Now, that doesn't include the members giving. Uh, we, you know, I, I personally don't do that, but I'm sure there may be some who use that as a way to track whether or not a person is uh, giving or not giving, but that's neither here nor there. Look, I'm running out of time. Let me take a quick break, and then we'll get uh, these next few minutes. I want to talk about this Brian Corn thing because I, I, I think I've pretty much run that out. I'd still love to hear your thoughts on that, so you can give me a call, 347-237-5230. That's the number to call. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. So we'll be back. We're going to take a break. Man, this position is really awkward. I got to do better. Take a break. We'll be back right after this.
love social networking as much as you? Identity thieves. They can find your personal information and do some serious damage, like your birthday or your mother's maiden name. You need a new friend, LifeLock. We scour billions of data points every day. And if we discover that any of your personal information is misused, LifeLock is there. Call us at 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to lifelock.com today. Suits today aren't like suits from yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit. Short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. It's our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better, but being there was already helping a little anyway, and then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere. Ever. Because that wonderful, bouncy, roll-around thing had made you play. And that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Beneful. Play. It's good for you. Jackson State University is not just another university. It's a community. It's a family. And that's not all. Jackson State University is a national leader in biomedical research and development. With world-class science, math, engineering, and technology departments. At Jackson State University, we're leading the way in technology and innovation. One Jackson State University. Changing lives one student at a time. You know, I I always have a lot of stuff that needs to be printed, and sometimes I can do it in my church, you know, small run copies and stuff like that. But when I have big printing jobs, like I want it to be done very, very nice, like plaques or something like that, I always call on DNS Printing. DNS is a local print shop that does it all from programs, uh, obituaries, plaques booklets, you name it, they can do it. Shanika Harrison and the staff there do an outstanding job. Matter of fact, I get most of my printing things done for the church, big print runs done by DNS Printing. And I tell you, they do an awesome job. And you will be proud to have your product, your plate, your booklet, your program, whatever it may be done, need to be done. You'll be proud to have it done by DNS Printing. Give her a call, 601 331 5603, that is the number to DNS Printing, the best print job this side of the Mississippi. I tell you, you're going to love it, and I recommend it. That's DNS Printing.
back to Zero Day again. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Uh, so um, I, I want to get to this last part, uh, my little rant today. Uh, Prophet Brian Korn, um, wonderful young man. I've had the opportunity to meet him, and I, you know, cool little dude, cool little dude. Um, but he, you know, he's come under fire for some remarks he made shortly after the shooting um, of the nine uh, members and pastor at Emmanuel Amy in Charleston, South Carolina. And his statement was about discernment. And part of what he said is actually I, I completely agree with. You know, uh, I think a lot of our churches are, are, are lacking in some things. But I, I'm going to play this, the statement. It's about six minutes. I'm not going to play the entire it. But I want you to hear what he said. And he broke down on this uh, just recently at, uh, while preaching at Empowerment Temple uh, Pastor, with uh, Pastor Jamal Bryant. So listen to this, what uh, he's, Brian Carn said after the massacre. And this was before a live audience. So uh, listen. Charleston, South Carolina, I am so saddened by what's going on. A young man was able to come in church and act like he was with us. And I, yeah, I know I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. And nobody was able to discern the enemy when he showed up. We need the power of God in us. We need to pray, not for another house, not for another car, but we need discernment. We need to be able to identify the enemy when he walks in the room. There is a principality that is fighting in the spirit realm. There is an attack to do everything. I'm telling you, I promise I told you at the beginning of this year, that there's a civil war on the rise. Slowly but surely, the enemy is trying to bring us into a disarray. But if my people, which are called by my name, humble yourself and pray, seek my face. Turn. Turn your wicked way. Every church, Charleston, South Carolina, Okay, I I stopped it there. He, he goes into another little uh, statement about every church uh, needs discernment and not so much as security guards. Now, I I completely agree with what he says. Um, there there I think we are on we are in a very 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 spiritual war. Not I wouldn't say a civil war as he used. I, I don't think we're on the brink of that. Uh, but definitely there's spiritual warfare that needs to go on. And it is true that there, um, you know, the violence that is gripping churches today, I believe, is spiritually driven. Not so much as uh, uh, there are human, there's a human component, of course. You can't argue that. But um, a lot of the churches are, are vacant when it comes to the spirit. Uh, that's true. There, there are a lot of churches that are just vacant sanctuaries when it, when it comes to the Holy Spirit's presence and God's presence. And those churches, even if they are mega churches, you know, they can have be full of excitement and full of emotionality, but empty when it comes to the spirit. I I disagree though with with his statement that there should have been someone there discerning uh, 
the evil spirit did. Now, mind you, again, he sat there and he, you know, who knows? We don't know what was taught. We don't know. But we do know one thing, that the those persons who were there in that Bible study, in that prayer, uh, prayer meeting, were given to hospitality, as the scripture says. And, you know, when you're given to hospitality, you don't necessarily, I'm sure there may have been some who sensed a bad vibe. I've had plenty of people in my church come that I've sensed a bad vibe, but we still yet did not deny hospitality. And 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 that's my that's my whole point. And then he comes back and um last week kind of reiterated this whole discernment thing. The problem with that argument is you don't see the providence of God in it. You don't see the divine hand of God when you make statements like that. And again, uh uh, Prophet Khan is still young. I remember when I was young in ministry in his age, I was saying some stuff that was out there. Uh, because, you know, we want to believe that something like this just cannot happen, that humans, uh, uh, human beings are not just that evil. But we know that to be incorrect. We know that there are some humans who are just the most evil incarnate. And and you know I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm not bashing him I'm not speaking against him I'm just saying that uh, I think he said said this because it sounds better it just sounds better it just sounds better to have said that these people were not discerning it also implies that you know they weren't spiritual. And to those who, you know, who were just applauding, the, you know, they, they it was clear that they were not taking time to really, really listen. You know, they're not, they're not, um, they, they, they weren't, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, you know, they they were just going by what he said. They weren't trying to to really the, uh, dissect the, what was really being said. And that's part of the problem in the Christian church today. You know, we can't be driven by that, and and we also must realize that to be spiritual is one thing. The Bible says we ought to be watching and praying. Some one scripture even says we ought to be as wise as serpent, as as harmful as doves. And I think this that particular the latter is representative of what happened in Charleston. I think they were wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Contextually speaking, I know that doesn't mean um, that that they were unprepared. I'm, 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 I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to, what I can speak to, and I, and I say this, you know, uh, Karn has never pastored a church. He probably will never pastor a church until, uh, like I said earlier, <laughs> The money running out starts running out from crusades and things like that, you know. And not speaking ill, but I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. Uh, but you're talking about one who's never pastored a church. You're talking about one who has probably never had to to lead a Bible study, you know, outside of, you know, he's, you know, he's one who's gone to fame um, outside of the local, you know, sitting in under somebody, uh-huh. and that's just reality. We must be careful when we start to make broad statements as such. Now, uh, it is true. We must rely more on the Spirit. It is very true that 
we must uh, be more in tune with the Holy Spirit and be discerning. But that same discernment must also be used when discerning false prophets. And I'm not calling him that, but I'm just saying, you know, because what we're allowing in Christendom, what was really happening in Western Christianity, in American Christianity, surely there's a great lapse in discernment. You know, it's not just that moment that he spoke of was lack of discernment, but across the church, when we have as many people professing to be apostles and prophets and whatnot, bishops, and yet still have what we have going on in this country, there's clearly a lack of discernment across the, the Christian church in America. We've got charlatans in the church. We've got them in the pulpit. And we see evidence of that, you know, weekly. One site is almost strictly dedicated to to exposing pedophiles and, you know, sexual uh, uh, perverts in the church. And you be, I, you know, every time I go there, I'm, I'm surprised. Why is there another preacher like that? And, and I'm, I'm not saying that there's not, there's not, um, you know, persons who wrestle with sexual uh, urges and things of that nature. But we don't have discernment. We should. There are churches who select pastors because of their hoop, not because of their ministry. They may, you know, then they the hoop becomes their anointing. You know, there there are churches functioning on gimmicks, and they're calling that, you know, they're they're calling their gimmicks anointing, or glory. And to 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 reason out that just that one function, that one uh, incident, uh, establishes that they did not have discernment says a lot. But anyway, I got to get out of here. I, I I you know, I I've. I wasted too much time. I should have had more time on this. But anyway, well, I got to get out of here. I uh, appreciate all you tuning in. Again, check out back, check back for uh, all the archive shows. Make sure you like our page. Go to Block Talk Radio. Slash zero today. Like the page. Listen to it. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe uh, on Facebook. Follow the show on Facebook. All that other good stuff. We appreciate everything. And tune in next week when we have another one ready lined up for you. Till then, this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and I am out of here. God bless you. God keep you.